Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Near the end of Book 6 of His Republic, Plato has Socrates as his mouthpiece set out an extended analogy, and he uses that word there, analogia, between two things. One of them is very well known to us. It is the sun that illuminates our world and which gives it most, if not all, of its energy that we rely upon without even thinking about. And the second is what he calls the form of the good, or actually in this part of the work, he talks about it as the kalon auton and agathon auton, the good in the sense of the beautiful in itself, the the beautiful as such, and the good as such. And these are not understood as two different things or even two different aspects of it. This is what it means to be the form of the good. And the form of the good, he says, is like the sun, or rather, if you want to understand it properly, the sun itself is like the form of the good. And it's actually, in a certain sense, an offspring. And he uses the word there for biological offspring, meaning that somehow the form of the good gave rise to, gave birth to, created, however we want to conceptualize this, because Plato himself doesn't tell us here, gave rise to the sun. And he says that the sun exists in this sort of analogy, this this extended set of relationships with the form of the good. So by looking at the relationship between the sun and other things, we can better understand the truer reality of the form of the good and its relationship with the soul and what Plato calls the intelligible world of the forms or the ideas which are more real than the visible, tangible, material things that we encounter. So what can we say about the sun? And first, Plato goes into a little bit of a distinction between sight and the other senses. Hearing, he says, doesn't actually require some sort of other medium so that one may hear and the other be heard. Of course, we know that it does because hearing takes place through sound waves, but we can put that aside. It's very clear that sight does require more than just the capacity in our eyes or whatever our apparatus is that's making sight work, you know, the ocular nerve and the brain centers. It requires more than that to actually have sight. Not to have sight in the sense of having the sense, but for the sense to actually do anything. For us to see anything, there have to be some other conditions. First, there has to be something for us to actually see. If we were in some sort of void, we wouldn't need to exercise our faculty of sight. But even more important than that for Plato is having the sun. And, you know, you might object, of course, well, what about artificial light? And couldn't you do without the sun? And there's also infrared light and things like that. Yes, but all of that radiant energy, although it may not have originally come just from our sun in the way that we understand things cosmologically now, certainly came from somewhere. And you can analogize that to our sun. But if you put yourself back in Plato's perspective and think about where 
all of the energy in our world originates from, all the things that can provide us with a certain kind of luminosity, it all comes for him from the sun. The sun is what gives rise to generation and heat and light and all of these things that make it possible for us to see visible things. And he notes too as well that when we're in the broad light of the sun and we're looking at things, provided our vision is working properly, we can see the visible things quite clearly. We can distinguish them from each other. We know what they are. We can figure out how to use them, to move around them. We can look at our own bodies. We can get around in the world. However, when we're looking at things, he says, in darkness or in shadow, or even just by the light of the stars and the moon, as opposed to the light of the sun, then we don't see quite so distinctly. We might mistake things for each other. I'll give you an example of that. I used to work as a security guard, second and third shift. And when you're looking at things in the light that's cast by street lamps, not the sun, sometimes you mix things up. A bush may look like a deer. A stick may look like a snake. You could add all sorts of things in there. Your eyes start to play tricks on you. And Plato knew that that was the case as well. So in order for our our faculty of vision to work correctly, we need the illumination of the sun. The sun illuminates the visible things and it allows our sight to take in those visible things and make sense of them. The other thing that he says is we can also turn our gaze towards the sun. Now you can't look at the sun very long and I advise you not to try to do that for more than a a few moments, but you certainly can look at the source of illumination and say, aha, there it is. And, And you can also think about, you know, when it goes behind a cloud or any anything along those lines, you can pay attention to that. So that's the visible side of this analogy. What about the other side? What about the intelligible domain that Plato thinks is much more real, much more true than the visible material world that's merely a set of copies of the intelligible things and world? What corresponds to the faculty of sight in this case? Something like sight for the soul. The human mind, if you like, if you don't like the theological overtones of soul, but if you do like soul, the soul is something immaterial, incorporeal, and it's able to grasp things that go beyond or rather that transcend and provide the very intelligibility and meaning to the phenomenal world that we can see, smell, touch, and encounter in that way. So once again, we come back to the form of the good. The form of the good is like the sun. And in some ways, it's more sun-like than the sun. He says that the soul is able to grasp the intelligible world. It's able to know it. It's able to, you might say, wrap its mind around it. And it does this by virtue of the fact that the intelligible world, the things within it are more true. This is where he says truth actually appears. Being, to'on, there's more being in the intelligible world, in the forms, in the ideas, than there is in the visible things that we can see, which are at best mere copies of those intelligible things. 
So this is quite important. He actually uses three terms here in it. He says that we can grasp it, we can know it, and in a certain sense, we at least appear to have sometimes translated as understanding or intellection or reason. The word is noose, mind we appear to have an intellectual grasp on those intelligible things. By contrast, but similar to when we're trying to look at things in the dark, when we look at the world of coming to be and going out of existence, the world of change, the world of becoming, the world that is this entire visible realm over here, when we're directing our attention, our mental faculties to that, we don't actually see as clearly. At best, he says, we opine those things. We have opinions about them. We have suppositions. We look at how they appear, but we don't truly have knowledge about those things, even though we might think that we do. The only thing we can have knowledge of in a strict sense is the forms in the intelligible world and the thing or the whatever it is, form of the good, which provides them, as Plato says, provides them with the very truth that they have. So the things of the intelligible world, they have a greater truth than the things of the material world. But what is giving them that truth is the form of the good. And he goes further. He says the form of the good gives the soul its very capacity to apprehend truth. This is not something that we think very much about. This is not something that most people devote any attention to. And yet it's going on all the time insofar as we are grasping the forms in the way that Plato thinks about them at all. It is through the agency of the form of the good, making us capable of grasping those things and giving those things their very intelligibility, their truth, their being, all that they have. So the sun is really just a distant reflection of the form of the good. Our faculty of sight is just a distant reflection of the soul and its own capacity for understanding and knowing. And the material things that we might look at is only a dim reflection of the intelligible world of the forms. Plato brings this to a close by talking about a few other very important things. He says that this reality that gives the truth to the object of knowledge and the power of knowing to the knower, you must say is the idea of good. You must conceive it as being the cause of knowledge and of truth insofar as known. And then he says, knowledge and truth, those are wonderful things, are they not? He says, fair as they are, as beautiful as those two things are, knowledge and truth. In supposing it to be something fairer still than these, you will think rightly of it. You will understand what the form of the good or the form of the beautiful is. It's beyond knowledge and truth, which are themselves already great. So he says, as for knowledge and truth, even in our illustration, it is right to deem light and vision sun-like, but never to think that they are the sun. So here it is right to consider these two, their counterparts, as being like the good or boniform that is formed like the good. But to think that either of them is the good is not right. Knowledge is not the good as such. Truth is not the good as such but rather the form of the good is the good as such. And just as we're able to look to the sun and
and grasp it to some degree. And just as we rely upon the sun, we as souls, as immaterial minds, whatever you want to call them, can grasp the form of the good, at least to the capacity, at least to the degree that we are able to do so. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works. <laughs>